ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Keep the Receipts, the One Man Fast Break. I am your host, Altamash, and like I had mentioned before, this is the playoff preview. Games are right around the corner. There's a game in about three hours recording this 12.14 p.m. Central Time here in Richmond, Texas. And we're just going to kind of go through the games and cover them one by one and just kind of go, uh, I'll kind of talk about the games and I think what are the keys to victory for each team if they are to win and then kind of give my predictions uh, on the games themselves. Let's get started with uh, Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders going to visit the Cincinnati Bengals the first game Saturday in about three hours or so. And Bengals are favored by six points, so almost a touchdown favored Bengals team against the Raiders who got to the playoffs on that last-minute kick by Daniel Carlson. I think this game is, I mean, shout-out to Derek Carr. He was close last week. He was amazing. He made the plays at the end. They kicked the field goal, won, got to the playoffs. This is going to be his first playoff game. The other time that they made the playoffs, and I think it was his rookie year, he actually was injured, so unfortunately he didn't get a chance to play. The Texans beat them. But now it's for real, right? And I think right now it's probably too much for the Las Vegas Raiders to come back and uh, to win this game against the Bengals. The Bengals might be one of the best teams, might be one of the toughest teams in the AFC remaining, along with the Chiefs. And the Bengals have... Jamar Chase, they have Joe Burrow, and for the entire year, not many teams have figured out how to stop that combination. But the one thing that maybe can stop them is going to be the snow sh- uh, snow showers. There is expected to be rain. They're supposed to be in the low 20s and the high of 40 uh, around kickoff time. So, you know, crazy things happen in snow. You know, the Raiders don't have good luck in snow. You know, ask them about the 2001 tuck rule game for the Patriots, but... It's going to be um, interesting to see how that dynamic plays because when it's snowing like that, it's hard to throw the ball, especially if it's windy. And there's a chance of obviously wind and snow and snow showers is expected at kickoff time. We'll see if the rate, I mean, if the Bengals can throw the ball down the field. And, you know, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have been amazing at that the entire year. But inclement weather can change things. And we'll see if, we'll see if, uh, the Raiders can maybe, you know, stick around. And the thing is, in these kind of games, especially when you're favored by six points or, you know, you're a heavy favorite, a heavy favorite, the le- the more the game goes on and it's close, the more pressure that starts to build on the team that's favored and the less pressure on the team that's actually not expected to do anything. Nobody's expecting the Raiders to really win this game. Very few people are. And rightfully so. The Bengals are definitely better and the Bengals should win. But... I think the big key for the Raiders is going to be we need to keep the game close for as long as we can. And then, you know, as like I said, the pressure starts mounting on the Bengals. They have to make the plays. They're the ones at home. They should be the one expected to move on to the next round. And so let's kind of talk about the keys for the Raiders aside from that. The big key, I think, is going to be Josh Jacobs. You have to be able to run the ball, especially in the weather that it's possible that it's going to be. Run the ball. Josh Jacobs was really good against the Against the Chargers last week. But yeah, the Chargers run defense has been horrendous the entire year. So it's 
completely different. The the Bengals definitely have a much better defense than the Chargers. But Josh Jacobs has to be that guy. He has to be able to, you know, keep them in manageable third downs if they run the ball. And obviously Derek Carr has to make plays for them to be able to win. And Darren Waller's back. He came back last week. He wasn't really great last week. But Darren Waller is a big impact player for the Raiders. So I think Josh Jacobs is going to be the big key for them. Kind of controlling the tempo of the game. Being in manageable third down so Derek Carr can convert. Derek Carr is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. But if you're, if you're behind the eight ball, it's third and nine, third and ten. You get these long third third downs. It's very difficult, especially in an environment where it's going to be snowy. They're going to be crazy rockers, France, Cincinnati. You know, they, they're finally like, hey, they're finally feeling like they actually have a chance to do something this year. Being the AFC Championship game at, at the very bare minimum, right? That's kind of the expectation. And the way Joe Burrow's been playing, he's been playing like an MVP candidate. And he did play like an MVP candidate. So, it's going to be, uh, I think those are the keys for the Raiders. And, you know, the big thing is, hey, you got to stop down, you got to slow down uh, Jamar Chase, right? And Joe Burrow. And the way you do that is you force turnovers or you get, you sack him, you pressure him. Those are the three. Josh Jacobs, slowing down Jamar Chase connection with Joe Burrow. Maybe the weather plays a big part in that and they don't really throw it as much. But Joe Burrow's got a cannon. Like, he can throw it. He can throw it in the wind. He can throw it in the snow. So, that's that. that it's going to be really a matter about can the actual cornerbacks make the plays. And it's their first playoff game, right? There's always that little jittery bugs that, you know, quarterback rookies have. Jamar Chase is an actual rookie. This is Joe Burrow's first playoff game. So, he's a rookie in the playoffs as well. Same thing with, you know, Derek Carr. But those things matter. And like I said, the games, the, the closer the game is, the longer it is the more pressure that builds on Cincinnati to end up actually winning the game. And let's kind of go switch back to the other side of the ball. Let's talk about how the Bengals are going to win this game, right? And for the Bengals, it's going to be kind of what they've done the entire season. You got Joe Burrow, you got Jamar Chase, you got T. Higgins. I mean, I keep leaving T. Higgins out, but T. Higgins is a solid, solid, great player as well. He's had He had a few amazing games down the stretch of their season. And he had an amazing game against the Chiefs when the Chiefs were expected to, you know, Going to Cincinnati, win that game, and the Chiefs uh, got annihilated. T. Higgins had an amazing game. He had over, I think, like 10 catches and over 150 yards and a couple touchdowns. So, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Burrow, and then also Joe Mixon, right? Don't leave Joe Mixon out. He's kind of been nicked, uh, nicked a little bit, so he's been in and out, but he's back to, you know, Joe Mixon had an amazing year this year. I think he's like top four in rushing this year. So, They've got playmakers on the offensive side of the ball, and they're gonna have to utilize them and just take advantage of the Raiders, right? Let's let's keep it real. The Raiders, they made, they're the wild card team. They're they're not as good. Their defense is not nearly as good, but they do have some pass rushers that can get there. And Max Crosby is one of them, and he's he was a menace last week in in the game against Chargers, and he's gonna have to be at that level for the Raiders to even have a chance because you stand back there and let Joe Burrow take the time, he's gonna pick you apart. He's one of the what maybe top two or three young quarterbacks in the, in, in the NFL. So I think um, this game for my prediction is going to be a win by the Bengals, but the Raiders cover the spread of six points. So the Bengals win 31-27 over the Las Vegas Raiders and advance to the divisional round. Well, let's move forward from the game that happens in the afternoon tonight, today to the game that happens tonight Patriots versus Bills divisional matchup between two rivals 
hasn't really been a rivalry because the Patriots have been kicking the Bills' butts for a long time. And yes, that's because Tom Brady was on the team, but it's still a rivalry. They're still in the division, and I think Buffalo has something to prove. Buffalo in this game are favored by five points at home against New England. It's supposed to be freezing cold in that game. Currently, the temperatures were four degrees, but it feels like minus 11. So it is going to be extremely cold in Buffalo for this playoff game. And one thing we know about this is Mac Jones does not like to play in the cold. And I don't know if Bill Belichick does not trust him in the cold or he doesn't trust his arm enough to be able to make the throws in the wind, in the inclement weather to be able to win this game. And yes, through I remember three, four weeks ago, the Bills lost a game to these same Patriots when Mac Jones threw the ball three times. Let's be clear. They're not going to win this game if Mac Jones throws the ball three times. They're not going to win against Buffalo again doing that same thing. So, Mac Jones has to be better. I mean, he wasn't even great. He has to be like, he doesn't have to be great. He just has to be good enough making plays on third down and kind of letting his defense and his running game take them to victory. Because I don't believe Mac Jones can go out there and throw for 350 and win this game. If he does, it'll be a miracle. It's not going to happen, though. Um, But Mac Jones has to be, Mac Jones is the key to this game, right? And how the Pats win? Their run game, Ramondre Stevenson, Brandon Bolden, Damian Harris. Those three guys, in some sort of fashion, have to be able to, you know, rush over for 150 yards and kind of make it easier for Mac. Once you're winning the ball, you're able to get yardage. You know, you get three, four yards on first down, three, four yards on second down. It's third and three, third and two, third and one. Now you have way more options. Like if you're behind the eight ball and you're having Mac Jones throw the ball on third and eight, that's a recipe for disaster. The Patriots do not want to get in that situation. This is very similar to how the Patriots won their first Super Bowl. Defense, running game, let the quarterback make very few mistakes, trust him, but also know that we don't want him to be out there throwing the ball 40, 50 times because that's a recipe for disaster. And the Bills have a good defense. Uh, You know, Micah Hyde is back there. Jordan Poirier, they've got good defensive playmakers in 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 the defensive backfield. So they can hurt the Patriots if Mac Jones throw the ball a lot. And, you know, the, the last few games, Mac Jones has been horrendously bad. He's been throwing a lot of interceptions. He hasn't looked good. He threw a pick six against Miami Dolphins in the last game of the year. So Mac Jones is lacking confidence. The Bills just beat them two weeks ago. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to come down to Mac Jones and if he can make the plays on third down. How does a rookie quarterback, like similar to how Mark Ch- Mark Sanchez beat the Patriots uh, in New England uh, in 2009 when he was a rookie, was their defense was solid. They ran the ball well with Thomas Jones. And then Mark Sanchez converted third downs, right? You, you get third round conversion, you do, you do two things at the very bare minimum. You hold the ball longer, you control time of possession, you keep Josh Allen off the field. And... You're, you're, you know, methodically moving down the field. You're able to get a touchdown, a field goal. The more, the the more likely, you know, your defense, they're not in tough positions because you're scoring points. But I don't see that really happening. But those are the things that's going to require for the Patriots to win. The run game, the defense, and then some play action from Mac Jones. He, he has to throw more than three passes. They're not winning again. It's the, the law of averages... The law of anything says that Mac Jones cannot throw the ball three times and they're going to win again. 
And I think the Bills kind of learned their lesson. And they're, I think they're really going to press the box, make Mac Jones beat them. And I don't think he can. But if he, you know, he's going to have a lot of opportunities to do so because they're really going to put the ball in his hands and let him kind of show them. And we'll see if Belichick trusts him enough to do it. I don't know if that's the case. But, and I guess switching over to the, the Bills side. And how did the Bills win this game? First of all, Josh Allen. Josh Allen has to be good Josh Allen because Josh Allen is super randomly inconsistent where he has amazing games, then he follows it up with a crappy game, or he has amazing half and he follows it with a crappy half or vice versa. And you can't have that. Josh Allen has to be solid throughout the game. Along with that, his running ability, right? Some They do a lot of, especially do, uh, uh, down in the goal line, they do a lot of you know QB sneaks, they do QB powers, they do QB... They roll him outside and let him run. QB draws. So I think the running game of Josh Allen is going to be a big key to the game as well. Because he's so big. He's like 6'5", six 6'6", foot six foot six, 250, 60 pounds. And he's solid. He, and with the weather that it's going to be, running is going to be a big thing for the game as well. And Josh Allen, he, he can take a beating. He's like a you know young big Ben Roethlisberger in terms of his stature. And he can take a couple, you know, he could take a few hits and stuff and still be solid. But... Aside from Josh Allen, I think Devin Singletary's kind of come on in the last three weeks or so where he's been running for, you know, he's been running really well. So they, they, their running game is kind of rounding into form a bit. And if they can run the ball and Josh Allen can, you know, hit, they got players on the outside, right? Gabriel Davis, Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs is one of the top 10 receivers in the NFL on the outside. So they've got playmakers and Josh Allen just has to be good Josh Allen. I think if he does that, doesn't turn the ball over, I think the, the the Bills are probably going to win this easily. And the last thing on the other side is the defense. If they, I think they're going to make Mac Jones throw the ball a lot, and I don't think Mac Jones is ready for that kind of um, game. Yes, he's played a lot of big play, uh, big games in the in in college. It's not the same in the NFL, right? And um, it's one thing when you're playing for Alabama, who's heavy favorites every time they step on the field, and now you're playing for the Patriots on the road against Buffalo, a division rival, and. We'll, we'll we'll kind of uh, see, right? Maybe Mac Jones proves everybody wrong and makes me look like an idiot. Uh, I doubt it. Uh, but uh, my prediction for this game uh, is the Bills win 27-10. to 10. Mac Jones struggles. The Patriots get eliminated. And the Bills advance into the divisional round along with the Bengals. Moving on to the games for Sunday. The first one starting off is the Eagles versus the Buccaneers, the Super Bowl champs trying to repeat. Tom Brady and the Bucks are favored by eight and a half against the Eagles at home in Tampa Bay. This game is very unique to me. I wouldn't don't don't get me I would never bet against Tom Brady, but these are the kind of teams that give the the, the Patriots uh, when Brady was playing for them also the Buccaneers where there's really no expectation. Eight and a half is a lot of points uh, for the Eagles. And I think that they'll probably cover the spread. But um, we'll kind of get to the prediction just here in a short bit. But the thing about the Eagles is they can run the ball. And that is a huge key against when you're playing Tom Brady in the playoffs. You got to be able to keep him off the field. You run the ball, you keep keeping him off the field is the best way for you to win. A strong, a strong defense is a strong offense against Tom Brady. 
the more time he's out there, the more likely he is he's going to figure you out, he's going to pick you apart, and as a game set match. But Eagles got good running, got good running backs, right? You got you got Jordan Howard, you got Boston Scott, who's come on strong in the last like three, two or three weeks, where he's got scored a test, uh, a few touchdowns. You got Jalen Hurts as well, right? Jordan Howard, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, who says he'll play, and he'd been banged up a little bit. But those three guys, along with Jalen Hurts' running ability, right? That's going to be a big thing. The, the, that's the Eagles' identity, right? They've kind of figured it out over the course of the year. They started out pretty, you know, they started off hit or miss, and they were kind of up and down. Then they started resorting more to the run game and realized, hey, we're more of a run run first team, and we're going to become a run first team. And running in the playoffs wins championships. Not saying the Eagles are going to win a championship, but that's kind of what, it, you know, you have a great running back. They can carry you, and especially with how the season, the, the playoffs come out, right? It's usually cold in that time, right? It's December, January. You have to be able to run the ball, and the Eagles might be the best running team out of the teams that are left in the playoffs. So that's saying something. And when you can run it, you have a chance. And Jalen Hurts needs to be better. I'm just, you know, it's his first playoff game as well. This is his second year, first playoff game. I think the Eagles made the right decision, right? Carson Wentz went to Jacksonville, stunk up the joint, lost that, and then the Eagles are in the playoffs the following year. So they look like they made a good decision, and they got a first-round pick for Carson Wentz. But not nothing about that. Um, I think Jalen Hurts, and then also think that you know Devontae Smith. This is he's a rookie. This is his first playoff game. Going to be his first playoff game as well. Can they you know get some connection? The the the, the Buccaneers' liability is on their back end, right? And if Devontae Smith is he was a Heisman Trophy winner last year, and he made a few touchdowns this year. You were like, wow, like you see the talent, and he was a first round pick, rifle. Like everybody saw it. He has first round talent. He can make some crazy catches against Denver. He made that crazy touchdown in the corner of the end zone. So it's going to take something like that. No, I wouldn't bet any money on it, but that's what it's going to take. Like good running game and then Jalen Hurts kind of making some plays happen down the field with Devontae Smith. For the Buccaneers, let's be frank with the Buccaneers, right? They were not the greatest to close. Uh, they weren't. They didn't have the greatest season down the stretch. Struggled against the Jets. Yes, they ended up beating the Jets. But they just they lost to the Saints. They just had blunders that, you know, a Tom Brady team usually last year, the Buccaneers were taking off at that point. After the bye week, they took off and they just won all the games, won the Super Bowl. This year, the injuries that played a factor in it, Antonio Brown's saga that's over now, played a part in it. And then... You know, they just struggled, right? When you lose these great weapons, Chris Godwin towards ACL, Antonio Brown left. For whatever you can say about Antonio Brown, the football player, he's damn good. And he was, you know, Brady's probably favorite target outside of Chris Godwin. When Antonio Brown was out, Godwin became that target, and Godwin became like a target monster. He was getting 15, 16 targets a game at a certain point. I think it was like 13 targets for like a three-game stretch per game. And no Godwin... No Antonio Brown. This is going to be a Mike Evans and Gronk game. And, you know, in the playoffs, Brady, obviously, he's always relied on Gronk in the red zone. And they have all crazy chemistry from the New England days. So it's going to be a Gronk. I think it's going to be a big, strong Gronk game. And I think Gronk's going to probably get over 100 yards in this game. Probably a touchdown as well. And I would never bet against the GOAT. 
so I'm not going to do so. Um, I think I think the Buccaneers win this game. I don't think they covered the spread. And I see the Buccaneers winning 21-17. Big key for the Buccaneers is they're on their defensive side is going to be stopping the run. Can you stop the run? Make Jalen Hurts throw the ball. We know he's not he's he's okay at throwing. He's not great. He's not horrible. But he's not the most comfortable doing it either. And his accuracy kind of like lacks at times. And we'll we'll have to see, right? And if they're if they're consistent, if they're able to stop the run, then Jalen Hurts is gonna be able to have to throw the ball. We'll see if he's able to do that. I don't think so. Although I think the eight and a half is a very the eight and a half points is a very strong number. I don't think the Buccaneers cover that. And I think that the Buccaneers win, but only by four points. Moving on from the Buccaneers, let's talk about, to me, the game of the week. America's game of the week, literally by Fox. <laughs> it's the 49ers versus the Cowboys. And everybody knows the history between the Cowboys and the 49ers in the 90s. They were the two dynasties. Everybody, They were just fighting each other. Whoever won against them was winning the Super Bowl that year. Um, obviously, it's been a long time since then, but... It's kind of cool that the rivalry is kind of being renewed again after so many years due to the fact that <clears throat> the Cowboys don't really do much in the playoffs. Um, but it's going to be a great game because I think this is a very evenly matched game. Cowboys are favored by three. And for those who don't really follow gambling like that, it's because they're at home, right? And that's the very bare minimum that the home team gets three points at home, right? If they, they they think the game is pretty much even, they give the home team the advantage, a field goal advantage. Let's talk about what it's going to take for the 49ers to win this game. The big thing is going to be, I think, it's always a key, no matter what game you play, is the turnovers, right? Jimmy G cannot turn the ball over. He's got to take care of the ball. He can take care of the ball, and get the ball into Debo Samuel's hand, whether that's in the backfield, whether that's him running, whether that's him throw, uh, you know, receiving the ball. You gotta get that man the ball because he's a dynamic playmaker, and it's just crazy. He became a running back like overnight. He came in, like you know, five, like seven, eight weeks ago. They put this man in the backfield. He started scoring rushing touchdowns. He was like a top five receiver in terms of receiving yards. The guy was absolutely amazing. And they asked him this week, what position do you consider yourself? Because he's dominating in both positions. He said, call me a wide back. And that's what he is. He's a wide receiver and a running back. And that's going to be the key for the 49ers, right? Limiting turnovers. Jimmy G, big key. Don't turn the ball over. If you don't turn the ball over, you can't, you're can't. you probably going to be in a really good position to win because they've got a solid team. George Kittle. Debo Samuel, those are the two guys on offense. If you can get them the ball, you'll be in a good position. And then on the other side of the ball is their defense. That defense, that front seven, get into Dak, right? They got Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead. They've got solid, solid guys up, up front that if they start pressuring Dak, that could be the, that's the biggest key for them is being able to pressure Dak and, you know, Seeing if, uh, you know, first of all, I think that they have to stop the run game. The, the run game isn't even that great, to be fair, right? Zeke's been kind of hit or miss. Injuries as well. Tony Pollard, kind of the same thing. And if they can, you know, sack the quarterback a few times, get him a little under pressure, 
pressure starts to mount, right? You're going to have to be able to deliver the ball down the field. And it's really hard when you're getting hit every single time. You're getting knocked down a lot for Dak. Let's talk about the Cowboys and what it's going to take for them to win. The big thing, like I said, on the other side is kind of the big key. They got to force some turnovers of Jimmy G because most likely Jimmy G will give them opportunities to do so. Jimmy G has always been sort of reckless with the ball. He just makes some dumb decisions for absolutely no reason. He passes the he passes the ball into coverage that you should never do, but he does. So the Cowboys need to get turnovers. Obviously, Trayvon Diggs led the, led the league in interceptions at 11. If they can get a couple turnovers, get a short field, then the Cowboys are in good position. Their defense has really been the reason that their offense has looked good. It's kind of been... A weird year because last year was the opposite. The offense looked good and then the defense was bad. But then Michael, like their defense with Michael Parsons being drafted, who's probably going to be defensive rookie of the year, has it even a chance to be de- defensive player of the year aside from just a rookie? Trayvon Diggs, they get they they get a couple turnovers. Dak gets short field. C.D. Lamb is there. They got Amari Cooper. They got Dalton Schultz. They've got solid players. So if Dak can, you know. They get some turnover. Dak can have a short field. He's they'll score touchdowns. They score touchdowns. The 49ers are done. Jimmy G is the big key for both teams, right? If he struggles, the Cowboys are going to win pretty pretty handily, I think. If they don't, if he plays well, then the 49ers have a really good chance to win because I think 49ers overall, in terms of the players that they have on their defense, uh, overall their team I think is better than the Dallas Cowboys. But. It's gonna it's gonna come down to Jimmy G. And it's gonna come down to Jimmy G. I think that Jimmy G is gonna get it done. I expect uh, this is the upset of the week, right? I think 49ers win 27 to 17. Jimmy D Jimmy G limits limits his turnovers. The the defense gets pressure to Dak. Maybe he throws an interception or two. And the 49ers advance in the playoffs. And Dallas Cowboys do what they always do in the playoffs recently. Not win many games. Actually, not win any games. Lose and go home. Moving on from the most interesting game to probably the most lopsided game this weekend. That's the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's on Sunday night. Chiefs are favored by 12.5 points. That is an insane number. This, is, this might be the most lopsided playoff game ever, right? In terms of Steelers barely stuck into the playoffs and the Chiefs are, you know, the, the favorite to, uh, to come out of the AFC. Although they're the second seed, the Titans are on a bye this week. But everyone's expecting, you know, the Chiefs to kind of be able to beat the Titans because Ryan Tannehill is a quarterback. But we'll, we'll, we'll leave that conversation for next week. Or at least the AFC Championship game if they end up meeting there. But... The, the the it's really hard to kind of describe the Steelers, right? Because the big big man has been so inconsistent. Just he's old, right? He's old. He's about to retire, right? He's played his last game in Heinz Field. This might be his last game ever. Probably will be his last game. Retirement, go home. You know, he said this week, "Oh, we have no chance. We're we're, we're twenty point underdogs. They have, the the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL." And kind of really downplaying their chances, which is a good tactic. But obviously, I'm, I'm sure in, 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 they believe in that locker room that they can get the job done against Kansas City. They played like a few weeks ago, and the Chiefs really just dominated that game from the start. And it wasn't even a competition. 
it was like 24-0, it was 17-0, like the Chiefs annihilated them from the get-go and it was not it was never competitive. Now, I guess talk about the crazy part. What is it going to take for the Pittsburgh Steelers to pull off this crazy monumental upset? Big Ben has to be locked in. Big Ben has to be Big Ben from the years past. You know, turn back the clock for a game, right? You have make those dime throws that he can make and, you know, just make plays. And Big Ben can do that. Avoid the rush as much as he can. Although he's really slow and I don't know he can do that anymore. Like I said, he used to be like Josh Allen before where he could, you know, the rush would come and he would brush them off. He would brush defenders off with, you know, a stiff arm or he would move out of the way and he was just really strong and built. Now he's just slow, so he can't move as much. Chris Jones, Frank Clark, they've got some solid guys up front, so Big Ben's going to be in for a night. But if you could turn back the clock for this one game, the Chiefs are going to be in trouble because Big Ben, when he's got it going, is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I doubt that he's going to be able to do it, but that's what it's going to require. That, along with Najee Harris, who's a rookie, Alabama, no no turnovers, no fumbles in all of his snaps. And the guy plays like almost every single snap. But if Najee Harris can, you know, limit how many times they have to really rely on Ben to throw the ball along with, you know, just he's a dynamic playmaker. Get him the ball, running it, give him a like short dump off screens. The guy's a dynamic playmaker and he can make people miss an open field. And he's got runaway break of his way speed. And Big Ben along with Najee Harris. And then I think the third thing is going to be Mahomes is kind of going to have to have like an off game. And this year, you've kind of seen Mahomes has had a few, like it hasn't happened recently, but he's had a few games where he was in a slump where he played bad. And this is the crazy thing about the playoffs, right? It's one and done. You have a bad game, you're going home. Especially if it's a quarterback, right? And the Chiefs are favored and they really have a lot. They are rightfully favored by a lot because... They should be. But Mahomes has an off game. He throws an interception or two because Mahomes sometimes is reckless, holding on to the ball too long, or sometimes just trying to throw it because, you know, that meme, Tyreek Hill's down there somewhere, right? And sometimes he throws the ball and he throws it where he shouldn't be or he throws with arm angles that he shouldn't or he's trying to avoid, you know, getting a sack. So he throws the ball to try to, you know, avoid the sack and then you end up throwing a bad interception. If Mahomes can take care of the ball, it's probably going to be go home, Big Ben, see you later, it's over. That's what the Chiefs write. I think that, so I think those are the three things. Mahomes has to have an off game, Ben has to be locked in, and Ben has to be, you know, turn back the clock for a game. And then Najee Harris has to kind of do the rest in terms of playing the clock, getting first downs, being physical, and then, you know, playing in the, in the pass game as well. For the Chiefs to win, it's pretty simple, bro. Play your game. You're much better than them, obviously. The spread shows that you are. And as long as Mahomes, like I said, doesn't have any crazy turnovers, which can change the momentum of any game. It doesn't matter when it's played. Playoffs or not playoffs. And then also dominate the line of scrimmage. Chris Jones getting pressure on Ben is going to be the big key. If he gets pressure and Frank Clark and that front four is able to get pressure on Ben, which they can... Because that Steelers line used to be good. It's not really good anymore. Well, um, that uh, I think that's going to be the, the other portion of it is 
getting pressures, turnovers. Big Ben has kind of also been very reckless with the ball, just throwing it. Like he's been, like he, his arm strength is gone now, right? So he can't fit the ball into like tight windows that he could before. But if he can, but that's kind of how Ben is, right? So that, that when I'm saying he's got to turn back the clock, he's got to really turn back the clock for maybe, you know, five, seven years ago when Big Ben could do crazy stuff. I don't expect the Steelers to win this game. This is going to be ben, Big Ben's last game based on what everybody's saying. I think the Chiefs probably cover the spread as well. Probably wind up winning like 34-20 or something in that ballpark. And Chiefs move on. Patrick Mahomes tries to get back to the Super Bowl. Last but not least, the Arizona Cardinals versus the Los Angeles Rams on Monday night. On Martin Luther King Day, the Rams are favored by four points in this game. They're playing at home. And sim similar to the Bills versus the Patriots, this is the third time. It's a division matchup. And those are always unpredictable to say the least because both teams know each other's tendencies and both teams it really is just a matter of will right who can make the plays when you know what's coming and this is Kyler's first playoff game so we're going to see how he fares and the on the other quarterback Matthew Stafford all the pressures on Matthew Stafford we've been talking about this we've been kind of covering this the entire year I mean, nobody blamed Matt Stafford for the, the the fact that he didn't win a playoff game in Detroit. It wasn't Matt Stafford's fault. It was whatever, right? It was the team. It's Detroit. It's management. It's X, Y, and Z. He not in long, he's no longer in Detroit. He's in Los Angeles. And they traded away first-round picks and Jared Goff, a guy who got to the Super Bowl. Say what you want about Jared Goff. He got to a Super Bowl. And Matt Stafford has to deliver he has to 100% deliver because there's literally no option it's going to be an embarrassing season they traded for Von Miller they traded a few years ago for Jalen Ramsey they got OBJ and Cooper Cup's been outstanding so if the if somehow the Rams lose this game oh boy um, there's going to be a lot of crazy talking points about the Rams and where they're actually going or where they're headed because they, they can't lose this game <laughs> Um, so I guess let's talk about what it's going to take for them to actually lose the game, right? For me, everybody knows it's start, it starts and ends with Colin Murray. Colin Murray's everything. He is that offense and his rushing ability and his throwing ability, right? They've got solid receivers. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins is, might possibly be back, but I know, I have, I don't think I've heard anything about him be actually being confirmed to be back, but no DeAndre Hopkins, let's assume. And if that's the case... You're going to be relying on A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Zach Ertz. Those three guys are solid. Those three guys can do enough, make plays to be able to win that game. But Kyler's rushing ability is going to be one of the things, right? The Rams, they got Aaron Donald. They've got, they've got Von Miller. They've got strong defensive line. Obviously, Aaron Donald is Aaron Donald, and he's the best defensive player in the game. And I think the big thing is going to be for the Rams when they're rushing to kind of keep him in, inside the pocket. Rush, but rush in a pocket, right? Rush him so you're not like letting him get out to his right or his left because he's so fast when he's in the open field. 
You got to contain it while you're also rushing because you're not rushing recklessly because this isn't a... He's not a traditional quarterback. He's not just standing there and that's what he wants to do. He wants to get out and open space, throw the ball down the field or run for a first down. And the last thing that the the the, the Cardinals are going to have to do is they're going to have to get touchdowns in the red zone with James Conner who has been one of the best runners in the goal line with touchdowns this entire season along with avoiding penalties. I feel like every time I watch the Arizona Cardinals play, they tur- they just hurt themselves. False starts, offsides, just illegal formation, just like random penalties that just they go they get they get them behind the eight ball. There's first and fifteen, second and ten, second and twelve, because they're just they're making dumb mistakes. It'll be fourth, it'll be like third and one, and then they'll get a false start. They move to third and six. Now your play call changes, the whole dynamic of the play changes, and that's kind of been a a stock a sticking point with the Cardinals under Cliff Kingsbury is they they're very undisciplined. They have a lot of penalties. And if they're going to end up pulling off this upset, they're going to have to limit those dramatically. You can't go on the road, commit a lot of penalties, and then expect to end up winning the game. So that's what it's going to take for the Cardinals. For the Rams, it's kind of been what it always been the entire season, right? Cooper Cup, Stafford, OBJ. Those, obviously, OBJ towards the end of the season where he made some amazing plays. But Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford, that's going to be the combination. Uh, Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson, Cam Akers is back. So they're getting their running back group intact. And Cam Akers, crazy, right? He had a torn Achilles five months ago, and he's going to be playing in this playoff game, which is absolutely insane. I can't go out on the limb and predict that... <laughs> The Rams are going to lose this game, but it would be some crazy television and crazy fun topic to talk about if they did lose. I said the the, the Rams squeaked by. They went 23-21 over the Arizona Cardinals, and they advanced. Matthew Stafford finally gets his first playoff win, and then we are ready for divisional weekend. That'll be it for this week's episode. Covered all the games. We'll be kind of doing this going forward uh, for the divisional round and then also the AFC Championship game. Thank you guys so much for listening. And on that note, I'm out.